This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk. It's a Tuesday night. It's just not a Tuesday night, however. You know what it is. It's a Talking Tuesday here on Sports Talk as we were out and about today listening to coaches. Went up to Clemson today, trip number 814 to Clemson, more or less. I'm just thinking about 814 trips to Clemson over the years. I'm sure some of you have made more than that. If you have, uh, raise your hand. I'd like to I'd like to make a list of those who've made 800 trips or more to Clemson over the last 40 years. Hmm? List might be kind of kind of short. Nice ride to the Upstate today. It was a beautiful day, and good to see that um, construction along I-26 uh, continues, making some progress. Got a big old wall, big old wall built between uh, the outskirts of Columbia to about uh, that wall goes to where. Not quite the Chapin exit, I don't think. That is one big wall that will eventually divide the uh, traffic going uh, different ways there on I-26 going west. As Frank Howard famously said one time about uh, I-26, you know what he said about I-26, Pat? Frank Howard, you know what he said one time about I-26? What'd he say? He said, my best Frank Howard imitation, the only good thing coming out of Columbia is I-26 going west. Okay, that's that's a that's a heck of a saying coming. Do you, do you, do you get it? The only <laughs> no, good thing it. coming out of Columbia is I twenty six going west. Gets you to the upstate, I suppose. Well, I mean, what his point was is nothing in Columbia is any good. The only thing good coming mm-hmm. out of Columbia is I twenty six going. I got to work on your uh, your ability to catch my jokes. It's it's very low. You have a very low tolerance level for my jokes. No, nah, I just have a tolerance for higher quality jokes. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. Hey, it wasn't funny, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Chris? How you doing, bud? You don't think that was funny, well, guys? No, I did. I, I mean, the first time I, heard, I actually heard him say that one time speaking in Colombia, and I laughed my ass off. I thought it was funny as heck. Yeah, that's pretty funny. No, <laughs> that is good. I just like poking can, you it, know, Phil. At I-40 in Raleigh, you know, there there are similar things like that all over the all over the country. Yeah, but you don't have Frank Howard making jokes about I-40. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah. This is true. All right. So Probably would have had. Uh, Dick Crumb making jokes about I-40 out of Raleigh. i got to tell you my Dick Crumb story, though. I ever tell you my Dick Crumb story? Well, first off, we may need to educate. He actually used to coach the University of North Carolina a thousand years ago. So well, that's my point. That so, is your backdrop. So back in the 19, early, it might have been late 70s, early 80s, and was I in college? I might have still been in college working for a Bill Wagey at WIS Radio. Or maybe, no, that had to be because I was young and stupid and not very smart, kind of like I am today, except for the, the young part. But so I covered South Carolina, North Carolina football game. And my job, yeah, I had to be in college. My job was to go to the visitor's locker room after the game. All right, because I think Bill covered the 
South Carolina locker room. My job was to go to the visitors' locker room. So I go to the visitors' locker room in North Carolina, and I was kind of relieved because, you know, you want to go to the winning team because everybody's happier. And, and me at that time being very inexperienced and very nervous, I didn't want to deal with losers. So North Carolina happened to have won that game that day. So I said to myself, oh, well, he's going to be – they'll be in a good mood. I should have no trouble. And so here comes Dick Crum coming out of the locker room, and I said, Coach, Coach, can I, can I grab you real quick, just get a couple of comments about this great win today by the Tar Heels? And he said, sure. And so as I was taught in, in college, you identify as you start your tape recorder, you identify who you're talking to, and then you count it down, three, two, one. Correct. So mm-hmm. I – Cleared my throat. <clears> throat. Okay, here we go. Uh, three, two, one. We're with North Carolina football coach Denny Crum. Uh, coach. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> honest to God. Honest to God. We're with North Carolina football coach Denny Crum. Coach, that was a tremendous win today. What are your thoughts about beating the Gamecocks? And he looked at me for a few seconds, and then he goes, my name is Dick Crum. Denny Crum is the basketball coach at Louisville. He should have taken and, that as a compliment because and, Denny Crum was considerably more successful yeah. than Dick Crum was. And that was pretty much the end of the interview. My next question was, well, blah, 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 blah. I couldn't get the words <laughs> out. I was, so, I was so nervous, and now I'm oh, sweating sure, yeah. and scared oh, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, that's my Dick Crum <laughs> that's great. story. My, my best um, Dean Smith story, since we're talking about North Carolina, was in the early 80s, and we had ACC Basketball Media Day at the Greensboro Coliseum. This is before these media days went all sophisticated. So they had media day at the uh, Coliseum in Greensboro, and we did interviews around the concourse. They had coaches sitting at tables around the concourse. And so uh, I'm sitting at a table, and Dean Smith is there, and uh, I asked a question related to recruiting. I don't know why, I just did. His response was, at North Carolina, we don't talk about recruiting. And that was his answer to my question. And so, okay, fine. Later on, I'm getting some water out of the water fountain, and Coach Smith walks up to to drink some water, and he looks at me and goes, oh, you're that recruiting guy. (laughs) Yes, sir. And that was it. That's my one conversation. That was my one conversation with Dean Smith. <laughs> you, you were ordained by one of the greats of all time to be that recruiting guy. Oh, you had you had nowhere to go. Recruiting from guy, I know it was all downhill. It was all it was ordained. So my experience with North Carolina coaches over the years has <laughs> has been a bit on the iffy side. All right, so I went to Clemson. Uh, Pat went over to uh, South Carolina today, and uh, Bergy. Uh, mowed the yard. How's it look? I did. Yeah. I was so excited. I'm hoping it's the last time I have to do that this year. So I was really excited as I was cutting up a bunch of dirt today mm. because the, the grass is so dry. I mean, gosh, when was the last time it rained here in South Carolina? Period. I mean, it's been weeks, at least over here in the PD, since we've had a significant rainfall. So, yeah, my, my allergies kicked back up. But nonetheless, mm. yes, I was thrilled that hopefully today is the last day, November 7th, that I have to cut the yard until next spring. So you don't do the uh, the winter rye, the beautiful winter Kentucky, Kentucky no, bluegrass sir. rye no, or anything like that? Okay, I'm not don't... quite that vain, and I don't want to have to cut it yeah. as it continues to grow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing that this fall. Anyway, if I can ever get a chance to get in the yard. Uh, so up to Clemson, and we'll hear from Dabo Sweeney. We'll hear from uh, Shane Beamer. 
So from from the Clemson standpoint, the highlights, uh, Shipley was in green in practice yesterday, feeling pretty good, head's okay. Um, I think the neck might be a little bit on the tender side, but the head's clear. Uh, And Sweeney, um, he didn't have much to sermonize about. He did find one thing to sermonize about. As he said, uh, you know, we got some people around here who have amnesia. And he says, don't have amnesia when it comes to Shipley. Uh, don't forget all the good things uh, Shipley has done over the years, all the games that we've won because of Shipley. So people bringing up the idea now to move on to Maffa as the primary running back, they might be in for a bit of a shock. Who, by the way, is their leading rusher and also has five more touchdowns than Will Shipley. So if you're thinking about moving on to Maffa. Don't, don't have amnesia. Would, <laughs> don't have amnesia. It would not necessarily be the worst thing, and it's been something I've been harping on for two years. Because I think Phil Maffa, up until this past Saturday, and unfortunately uh, it had to occur with an injury to Shipley, I think he's been totally underutilized by that team. Yeah, don't have amnesia. I, uh, I'm not having amnesia. I'm just looking at the uh, statistics, and Maffa's got better stats right now than Shipley does. Sheridan Jones is out this week, um, and uh, a couple of other players are still banged up as well. Uh, you'll hear from Sweeney coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, his uh, his theme of his press conference was look forward, don't look back. Um, look at the uh, look through the windshield, not the rear view mirror. Got a nice win over Notre Dame. Got a build on it. Um, Georgia Tech presents a lot of danger with their quarterback. He's really impressed with the quarterback. Playing better defense after they uh, changed their defensive coordinators. Physical, uh, run well. Uh, so he's he's of course worried about Georgia Tech, and. He also said um, that they're making some decisions on redshirting guys now or letting some guys with only um, three regular season games left and a bowl game, guys who haven't played, you can play them now and not lose the redshirt. So you might see some people being added to uh, the roster as far as being able to play. Uh, give them a little chance to get a little opportunity here uh, these these last uh, three regular season games. And should they make a bowl game? They haven't qualified yet. Still have to um, get that one more win. Uh, you'll see them playing the bowl game. So we'll hear from him. Uh, Pat from Beamer today. I'm sure he had an uh, update on some of the injuries for the Gamecocks and other stuff. He did, yeah. First of all, because you asked about the injuries, he updated that uh, running back to carry on Joyner and offensive lineman Trey Jones will both be out this weekend. Tight end Trey Knox. Well, yeah, those are big losses. And then uh, Trey Knox, the tight end, will be questionable. He was also asked later about uh, wide receiver Juice Wells, and I want to make sure I get this quote right. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Basically, he said he's he's still out and that he will let us know. So basically, just he doesn't want to. I appreciate the honesty from Coach Beamer. He does not want to mislead us and let us believe that there's a chance he's going to play, but instead said he is still out. He's, He's around practice but unable to actually participate with everybody, and uh, he doesn't expect that to change until he says otherwise. Would not confirm whether or not he thinks he will play at all this season again or not, but certainly says that he hopes to get hopes to get Juice Wells, the former All-SEC wide receiver, out there with the team. And let's think, what else? He also opened up the press conference, first of all, by saying congratulations to both uh, Lamont Paris and, um, to the, both the men and the women's basketball teams over at USC. Wanted to congratulate the women on a huge win over in Paris and congratulate Don Staley and then also Lamont Paris on the men's opening win. He wanted to congratulate the men's soccer team on upsetting, I believe, number one ranked Central Florida. Correct. Um, 
And then also, uh, he didn't actually say this, but I want to make sure I don't forget it because I saw him tweet about it, him as in Beamer, that uh, today was his wife's birthday. So I want to make sure we give a shout out to her. Happy birthday to Mrs. Coach Beamer today. And uh, let's see, what else did Beamer talk about? Um, He wanted to reiterate what he said the other night after the game, that he understands criticism from fans, and he wants to kind of separate criticism from not finding joy. He did use that phrase again, that he wants some of those unhappy folks that maybe walked out of Willie B this past weekend uh, angry about the performance, that he wanted some of those folks to go out and find some joy. So he did Mm. did bring that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did bring that back once again. Uh, He was a bit all over the place. He did talk a little bit about Jacksonville State, but he did want to move forward to the game against Vanderbilt this weekend. Uh, Something else that Sweeney said in response to a question about the Michigan deal. Uh, Of course, he said the advanced scouting, of course, is – Ex- explicitly illegal. I mean, and everybody knows it. Uh, and and you know that needs to be enforced, dealt with, whatever. Still, sign stealing. He said, "Hey, go for it." I mean, if you're on one sideline and you can uh, break down the opponent's uh, signs from across the way, that in that in that scenario, you know that happens. That's that's accepted. They know it. He did say that uh, coming up this postseason. For the uh, non-playoff bowl teams, they're going to be experimenting with equipment inside the helmets to send uh, signals in that way to the quarterbacks. And uh, he's looking forward to it. In fact, as he mentioned that the uh, equipment manager there at Clemson is already working uh, on you know getting the helmet right uh, for their quarterbacks to be able to hear what the, is being sent in from the play callers. So... Uh, an up-and-coming development for college football as they experiment with that, and that seems to be well, the major next, college uh, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, unfortunately, I can't see Newberry being able to afford the same technology that Clemson and South Carolina are privy to. Can you? Uh, I mean, unless somebody set, you know, gives those schools some money or, or mm-hmm. donates the equipment to them, which could possibly right. happen. But anyway, it looks like it's the next evolution in in technology for well, the colleges Have you like the, the NFL. Yeah, have you seen the AT&T commercial where they came up with the helmet for the the uh, deaf school that plays college football? I can't remember. Gallaudet, I think it is. And the head coach can actually type onto an iPad, and the play name will pop up in sort of on an eyepiece right in front of the quarterback's face, and then he can signal it out to his team. That's wow. incredible. That is. It's, it's amazing technology. I mean, it really, really is. And if, if that's where we're going, I think I think it'll be great. Well, and I also just, read today where part of the technology is for defensive players to have these mm-hmm. these bands that have screens on them, and the defensive coaches can signal in calls to them from a laptop on the sideline or a tablet on the sideline, and it right. shows up on these little screens. Now, how are you going to keep these screens from breaking? Um, you know, during a tackle or something. I guess they're made where they won't break. But that's another thing. During the postseason, uh, Sweeney said they're going to be allowing tablets on the sideline. And I reminded him that Dave Duran said that Clemson already did that <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> oh, you like that joke, huh? You don't like I-26 going west, but you like the Dave Duran. Okay, I see where you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you're just the uh, jokester up at the Clemson press conferences, aren't you? That's two weeks well, in a row. I mean, listen, when you make that drive, man, you come back, your head's all loopy, and uh, you got funny thoughts going through your mind. Uh, Real quick before we yeah. do move on, Phil, I wanted to add one more thing about something Coach Beamer said today. 
And he wanted to, again, emphasize that it's okay to celebrate a win but be disappointed in how you played, was responding to some fans out there uh, that I guess were, were critical of the Gamecocks celebrating that win. And, uh, again, I appreciated whether you agree or not with what Coach Beamer said, I appreciate the fact that he is standing by his principles. Now, I think we've all acknowledged on this show we do think that he – he does like the social media. Maybe he does read what people say on message boards, comments. I don't know that, of course. But when he says certain things like this, it was either shown to him or somebody told him about it, made it aware. But either way, it seems as though he's addressing those fans directly. But he said, quote, I don't think it's okay to be miserable and unhappy after a win. He said that he hopes no fan walked out of Willie B, quote, unhappy and miserable. And uh, he added that he's been a part of locker rooms throughout his career where the head coach has lit into players following a win and saying or saying things that a team shouldn't have won a game. And uh, uh, he just didn't really like being a part of that in the past and said that he never would do that here. And again, whether you like that or not, we can call it sunshine pumping, call it whatever. I appreciate the fact that he is standing by his principles and he doesn't seem to be letting the outside noise change his, his opinion on that. All right, our phone number, 888 Let's get to your phone calls before we hear from the coaches. One quick recruiting note that's worth mentioning here at the top. Longtime USC running back target Daniel Hill has finally set a commitment announcement date, January 6th, and I guess that uh, he's negotiated with the folks at uh, NBC and the All-American Game, and it looks like uh, 24-7 sports. Um, that he will announce during that All-American game on NBC on January 6th. So it's South Carolina, Tennessee, and Alabama, his three finalists. Going to have to Didn't wait go to Alabama January this 6th. No, he ended up not going. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Ended up I was just curious if, if that had any, you know, if we could glean anything from that, that he has now announced his commitment date after coming off a visit to Alabama, but mm-hmm. evidently not. No, he didn't make it. He's still going to try to get to South Carolina, he said, uh, this month for another game. But being, you know, seven, eight hours away makes it a little bit tough for him. And a note here on Michigan. Michigan, it says, will contend to the Big Ten that its sign-stealing investigation should be an NCAA, not league-level issue. In reply to the conference, sources have told Dennis Dodd they want to delay this thing as long as possible. That's what they're trying to do. They want to play this thing out, see if they can win a national championship, and then probably let Harbaugh sail off to the NFL again um, would be my guess. Uh, And I think they're making a mistake by not getting the Big Ten involved because, Phil, to me, there's no way the Big Ten is going to hammer Michigan with them being their most obvious choice to get into the college football playoff and perhaps win a national championship. They're not going to do a thing to them between now and January. I don't know why they would be so disappointed if the Big Ten stepped in because the Big Ten looks at it like every other conference does. That's our cash cow right now. They Mm -hmm. in Ohio State. So why would we penalize and hurt ourselves – by penalizing something that that most people, you know, whether you believe, you know, uh, it appears at least public opinion that most people don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I'm not so sure. I mean, you can't forget about Ohio State. Yeah, they're number one right now in the mm-hmm. CFP. And rankings. and and let's see, you know, what you got? Who's who's Penn, is it Ohio State at Penn State? I think this Saturday. That's Michigan plays there, and it'll be their first ranked Michigan, opponent all Michigan season. And Penn State. They have, okay. Yeah, Penn so we'll, State, then Maryland, then Ohio State. So we'll know yeah, a whole Ohio bunch Ohio State's more. already taken Penn State out. They beat them, what, a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll have a much much clearer things uh, 
and you look if if Michigan wins, Ohio State stays undefeated when they meet in a couple of weeks. Um, but then you know then you got to go through the uh, Big Ten championship game. Um, not sure who's coming out of the other side. Iowa, as of now, they have uh, they are I guess they're four and two. Minnesota's right behind yeah, them. They got no three. chance. They got no chance. <laughs> no, they can't score. Yeah, no, they got no chance. <laughs> Seriously. All right, uh, to the phones. Uh, number triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Love to hear from you tonight. Take some calls. Hear from the coaches. Oh, and Carrie Tharp. This will be tough. Be emotional night on sports talk. Kerry Tharp makes his final appearance on sports talk tonight as the retiring. I don't know if I can get through it. Uh, Chris, you better be, be ready. Tough. I don't yeah, know if no, I can I'm, get through I'm, it. Yeah, I can I'm already feel my throat starting to, to close up a little bit. <laughs> All right. It's a shame. I'm getting you know, verklempt already, and I've still got an hour and five minutes before he before he joins us. Maybe we'll have to figure out some sort of NASCAR-themed deal like we have with Chalk Talk. We can bring back, you know, Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy. Maybe we can bring back Kerry, Kerry. on occasion. Yeah, to sort of do NASCAR talk of some sort, you know. Yeah. From an X's and O's standpoint. Let's go to Keith in Camden. First up tonight, welcome in to Sports Talk. It's great to have you with us. Good afternoon. Hi, hi, <clears throat> excuse me. How are y'all doing this evening? We're doing great. Thank you. Well. As always, uh, just enjoy the show. But uh, let, let me, going back to the Harbaugh thing, I mean, uh, hey, I tend to agree with Dabo. I mean, the NCAA has done nothing to make me think that they're worth two cents. So at the end of the day, if you can pick up on what they're doing across the field, I mean, give me a break. Mm-hmm. 45 years ago, I played for a guy Morris and I said, Coach, they know what we're calling. Hmm. He said, It doesn't matter. If we do what we're supposed to do, they can't stop it. So I don't get all this. Uh, who I was don't your think coach? That big who, who, of a deal. who was your coach? Morris at North Morris at North Augusta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's illegal. Maybe it's not. But don't you think we have bigger issues than me? Okay, they're holding up five boards. I finally figure out what they're calling. I don't get it. No, that's mean, come fine. on. They the, hold the, up a, the, a girl in a bikini, then they put me on the priest board. Okay, we're running off-tackle draw. No, come on. No, I'm but, with you. I'm with you on that. The the thing where Michigan allegedly you know steps across the line is is having the the scouting. Now you can't have people going out and buying right. tickets and scouting the opponents like that and trying to develop a, a system and the allegations that the allegations that they tried to influence the college football playoff of last year by feeding information to opponents of Georgia in Tennessee to help those opponents try to well, beat Tennessee and Georgia. Well, Phil, take it a step farther. It was also put out there that they fed that to South Carolina, too. This I know. Don't leave that out. This I yeah. know. But, look, I, I'm not I'm not a hardball guy, dislike or like. It doesn't matter. But it just seems to me uh, the college has, has, has had the opportunity to address this just by doing what the NFL does. And it goes away. So just do it. You know, I mean, look at all the friggin' money they got. Come on, put mm. something in their helmet. <laughs> uh, enjoy the show. Y'all have a good one. And always, uh, you do a great job. And uh, 
Look forward to it. This is my sanity every night, believe it or not. Thank you. Thank you very much. We try to bring oh, wow. some sanity to an insane, <laughs> to an otherwise insane world. Uh, yeah, that's the story highest compliment about, we can get, right? Absolutely. Uh, the, you know, the, the rumor out there that they fed information to South Carolina among those schools, you know, that's, that's making the rounds. I've read about it. I don't uh, you to know, have beat no, Clemson. To beat Tennessee, to beat Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, to beat Tennessee, and you know they went out and walked the dog on Tennessee, and I saw you know somebody posted on X a picture of Gamecocks on defense with armbands with with play calls on it for the first time. Of course, now their response to that would be, well, they changed up some things on defense, they uh, simplified some things, and uh, and Tennessee's tempo. Um, Tennessee's tempo. Tennessee's tempo. That they're, oh, I think yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. was right. that was the easiest way to get everybody on the same page and get lined up quickly if they had the wristbands. Exactly. Good point. Be right back. Welcome back into Sports Talk, Sports Talk, Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel, Chris Bergen. Uh, Gavin is in here with us tonight as well. Good to have Gavin alongside. Giving us information like this piece of news, the Cowboys are signing former Clemson Tiger Martavis Bryant to a contract, according to sources, to a Shams Sharania. He last played for the Raiders in 2018, had 17 touchdowns, 2,183 receiving yards in 44 career games. And, boy, I tell you, it's a reach, but it might be a cheap reach for the Cowboys. And who knows? He might he might deliver for them. Been out of the league since 18, had some issues. Uh, ended up going to Canada for a little while, right? And now he's uh, going to get another shot in the NFL. The XFL, too, I believe. But back when he was – when he was doing it, especially his time there with the Steelers, he was one heck of a goal line kind of red zone area target, just throwing it up there and letting him go up and, and get it at the high point. He, he made his career off of that in Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, before we get back to phone calls, I want to touch on basketball real quick. Only one game tonight involving a state team on the D1 level, Presbyterian playing at Vanderbilt. Last night I caught the second half of South Carolina and Upstate. Gamecock shot the ball really well uh, over 50 percent from three won the rebounding battle got good balance with their uh, with their shooting that's a, a good opening season win mm-hmm. for them against a good uh, a good opponent and then Clemson in the upstate uh, took care of Winthrop and they were very strong very solid PJ Hall I tell you they're going to be very good uh, we'll see what South Carolina can do moving forward they play Virginia Tech on Friday night in Charlotte you know, as I looked at the uh, Division One results last night, Chris, all across the country, D1 teams were playing D2s, D3s, winning by about 30 points per game. And then there's Coastal Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit uh, tougher test from Piedmont than I think anybody anticipated. <laughs> Matter of fact, Coastal was trailing at halftime, ended up winning by two, uh, 88-86. And as that's the one, the one thing you run into sometimes, and it's the great fear is Division three teams in particular, some D2 teams as well, they'll have two guys who can score. 
It, it never fails. They will have two guys, and Piedmont certainly did last night. They had two guys account for over 50 points of their 86, and they would not go away. Neither team had more than a 10-point lead. In terms of offense, it was high-level basketball. It was almost like the middle of January instead of the first game of the year. But, yeah, Coach Ellis was – relieved mm. to say the least that they got by and now coastal has uh, gosh a week plus to get ready for wichita state next week in the opening game of the myrtle beach invitational and while we're doing basketball the south carolina basketball Co- uh, basketball coaches association today released their uh, list of the top players in the state by class and also what they call their elite boys and their elite girls so let's give you a those selections just for the elite team. So for the boys from the Coaches Association, you've got Cam Scott of Lexington, Trey Maddox of Gray Collegiate, Josh Leonard of Wilson, Hayden Asimian, hello, Hayden Asimian from Powdersville, who's committed to South Carolina, Jordan Watford of Lancaster, Julian Iturby of Riverside, Braylon Thomas of Gray Collegiate, and Tristan Thompson of Wilson. For the girls, Joyce Edwards of Camden, Kiera Krosky of Sumter, Raina McGowans of Wren, another McGowans coming out of Wren, uh, Delilah Salty from Malden, Aubrey Stevenson of Rock Hill, Quinasia Abercrombie of Wade Hampton, and Terania Gray from A.C. Flora. So those are the elite girls, elite boys as selected by the Basketball Coaches Association. Okay, uh, phone number, 888-898-2525. Lines are now open, had a couple filled. They've now cleared out, so lines are open, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number for you here on Sports Talk if you want to uh, join us here on the program. So uh, be sure to give us a call. We'll get you on the air here quickly. A couple of other notes to uh, pass along to you. Uh, Let's see here. Pull up my uh, my list of things I wanted to talk about tonight besides the high school basketball uh, selections there. Um, oh, NC State announced today, or uh, it was reported, that uh, quarterback M.J. Morris will redshirt the remainder of this season. So it looks like it will be Armstrong handling the quarterback duties there the rest of the way. According to his dad, he is not looking to transfer. He plans on staying on. So I guess he had reached the four-game limit, and they decided to redshirt him the rest of the season. Uh, James Madison has delivered a letter to the NCAA Board of Directors chair requesting relief from the bylaws restricting transitioning teams from bowl games. So my response is, you know, James Madison's 9-0 and in the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. having a great year. But the rules are the rules, yeah. And just oh, yeah. because you're nine and zero, yeah. Just because now you're nine and zero, and you think you might be able to bowl, go to a bowl game, I mean, what kind of relief are you seeking? You know, I mean, they want to be rewarded for what they're doing well, this year. But you're, you're right; they yeah. knew when they got in, they were going to have to wait two years to finish the transition. Same thing that Coastal dealt with, you know, in the late twenty teens. Coastal didn't get an opportunity to go to a bowl game; they had to finish the transition period. Now. Does the it does that transition period make sense? That's a bigger conversation. But in terms of James Madison, I don't think they should get much relief. I think it's silly that they have to sit out. But again, they knew the rule coming in. Yeah, yeah. And I did see. Oh, sorry, real quick. Yeah. I did see their AD made a comment. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but the reason why he decided to appeal this 
was he saw what happened in Chapel Hill with Tez Walker, and he was and he initially had his appeal denied, and then after some public outcry, the NCAA ended up changing their decision. And so his thought was, we've already seen the NCAA be swayed by public opinion once. Maybe they'll do the same for us. Well, let me respond to that. Um, is there a public outcry for JMU to get to a bowl game, number one? <laughs> number two, <Fair> question. <laughs> Walker, a Walker's case was built around a sick relative, a parent or somebody who was sick, a grandparent, and he wanted to get back closer to home. James Madison's not going anywhere. They didn't just move into Virginia to get closer to the beach. I mean, you know, that's yeah. – I don't think they have a leg to stand on. Now, they, they if the don't. NCAA has a spine, which that's – you know, could have an investigation into the NCAA to see if they have a spine. Um, you got to stick to some rules sometime, right? Yeah. Don't you? That yeah, doesn't you make do. any sense you to do. me. And, and again, when they decided to move up from FCS football to FBS football, they knew exactly what they were getting into, mm-hmm. just like Jacksonville State's. When they made the move from FCS up to FBS, they knew when they joined Conference USA, they were going to have to sit back and wait. They're not going to be eligible for a bowl game. Now, the problem's going to be they're not going to be enough sixth and six teams. So then what do you do with James Madison and Jacksonville State, who are both going to have well above 500 records? Well, from what I've read... What I've read, if there are not enough six and six teams available to fill the bowl slots, then those teams in transition, I think, would get the next look. Yep. And then the five and seven teams with mm-hmm. the APRs would get the look. So you might find yourself in there regardless of anything, any kind of action. Speaking of James Madison, also just not just for them. Uh, football, but also their basketball team. I mean, last night, I'm sure y'all saw, they mm. upset number four-ranked Michigan State at Michigan State. Uh, their men's soccer team recently beats uh, Central Florida, who was number one in the country. And then their football team is 9-0. and oh. So they're, they're doing pretty well all around right now up uh, up in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of soccer, didn't mention this last night. It came down during the show, but South Carolina and Clemson women's soccer teams got at-large bids to the NCAA tournament, and both will be hosting uh, – games uh, later on this week and our poll question of the week is uh i like this one yeah oh you weren't here last night were you so our poll question of the week is i was for a little while yeah 20 minutes uh, we didn't get to the poll question though so our poll question of the week is 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 sort of based on the fact that oklahoma oklahoma state played for the last time the bedlam uh game of uh, last time for the foreseeable future with oklahoma heading to the sec And so, again, the question is, should our legislature pass a law to ensure the Palmetto Bowl is not interrupted in case Clemson leaves the ACC? Uh, So far, 217 votes, three possible answers, yes, no, don't care, cut my taxes. (laughs) I would have actually put fix our roads, but, (laughs) you know, same thing. I didn't want to split the the (laughs) vote down at the bottom. So 56.7% say, yeah, pass a law. 27.2% say they don't care, cut my taxes. And 16.1% say no. I don't know why you would say you don't want a law. I can't understand any opposition to that law. And I can't understand. And Nathan Ballantyne um, on on X responded to this poll question. And he was he's in the state house. And he was the legislator a few years ago who tried to get a law passed and it didn't make it and i don't understand why you wouldn't pass this law 
because you run the schools. I mean, technically, the the state government owns mm-hmm. South Carolina University and Clemson University, don't do they not? Right, they're owned by yeah, the state. Public state state run schools. You're exactly right. So and, if they pass have, a law that says you're going <laughs> to play. I don't care what the SEC or ACC says. You're going to play. Um, and this is not a situation to feel because I can see some of the people voting no. Well, the state legislature should have much more to deal with than you know college athletics, and I would agree on some part. But you're talking about a massive influx of of our economy in Columbia every year when that game is played, restaurants, hotels, and the like. And same thing up in the Greenville, Clemson area. Mm-hmm. So this is not just a that leave you know stick to sports, but you guys stick to government type deal. No, this is something that would massively affect our state if those two teams didn't play. Listen, this wouldn't be the first piece of BS legislation to come out of that house, okay? There's so, no question. So it would just fit right in. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. Uh, where are we going to go there, Pat? If you want to tell us, you can. Oh, it's on there. Okay. Um, is it Sam in Charleston? Okay, let's go to Sam in Charleston, hey, uh, Sam, the Cougars opened up with a win last night. Congratulations. Man, i got to tell you, our team did really well last night. I was really impressed how they did. Um, can I, can, may, I give you a, may, may I give you a little bit of snippet of how the team worked last night? Yeah, real quick. If it's okay? Yeah. So I have a um, – there was like a huge foul call last night. I didn't get it. But um, there's a huge foul call at the end of the um, regulation of the game last night. And um, so, uh, so I know who, I, I know who um, touched the ball, but um, here's it in the bucket. But here's a question to ask you. So if a ball is – so I want Phil Corden – I want Phil – Cornyn, um, sorry, what your name is, but um, what do you think if if a ball tips a hand? Sorry, if if you um if you touch the the ball, not, not touching the ball, but if if there's a tip on the ball on on the bucket of the rim, is that a flagrant one or is it the um, flagrant two? Because what is the difference between so our home team had the ball first, and then I don't get the foul call. It was on us against Iona, and they touched it last. And there was a guy holding the ball on the sideline, closer from us. His foot was touching on the on the line. Is that out of bounds? Because I don't get it. Because. Well, I tell you what. Let me, let me, and thank you, Sam. Uh, I'm gonna let Chris, uh, who of course interprets all basketball calls, good, bad, and otherwise. So, answer those questions. I'm, I'm a little confused as to what exactly Sam was asking because he started as if it was going to be a goaltending situation Mm -hmm. where the ball was touched around the rim. Um, If it is in the cylinder, that that imaginary deal around the circumference of the rim, going straight up to the roof. If it's touched in there, it should be goaltending, and either it's offensive and it wave off the basket or defensive and you count the basket. So that would not be a flagrant one or flagrant two foul. That's that's a totally different situation there. And, yes, if someone is in possession of the basketball standing on the sideline, yeah, that's out of bounds. So go to the other team. Yeah, yeah. and to, to add to that, and we see this in football too, 
if a player is out of bounds, but somebody in bounds has the ball and they touch the person out of bounds, they then become out of bounds because they are technically touching something that that is out of bounds. And I'm trying to because I caught a, a good bit of the end of that game trying to remember what play he's thinking of. Um, but it was a heck of a finish for anybody out there that didn't see it. Charleston won 71-69 over Iona, where Rick Pitino no longer is, but a lot of his good, talented players did stay, those that did not follow him to St. John's. And it was a late game. I'm a, I'm a butcher this guy's name, and I apologize. Uh, Antti Brozovic, Brozovic, he had 16 points for the Cougars, including the game-winning layup with 32 seconds to play. Sam, thank you for the phone call. Uh, keep us up to date on the Cougs down there. we got to run to a break, and we'll be back. Phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. Reminder for you, if you're looking for a place to get away to along the beach, along the Grand Strand, just give Jimmy Smith a call at 843-237-4246. Look him up at pauliesvacationrentals.com. James Smith Real Estate, the place to call, the place to look up for your perfect beach getaway. Let them put you in a great location in a big old house, a medium-sized house, uh, maybe a condo, something for a weekend or longer, just give Jimmy a call. 843-237-4246. Your perfect beach getaway. James Smith Real Estate. Back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people. And it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. 
Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-2174 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. We are back on Sports Talk. Here on the Sports Talk Media Network, let's go to was Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry in Swansea before we reach the top of the hour. Uh, good evening, GL. Hope you're feeling well on this Tuesday. I'm feeling good, Mr. Steele. Yes, feeling sir. good. Good. i tell you what, I just want to put out one thing about me about you know, I've been having some health problems and stuff, and they told me about two months ago that my right leg wasn't no blood flow at all. And they told me they told me my leg was dead. But you know what? I went to the vascular surgeon today, and they gave me a going over. I don't know what they call that thing, but I hear I heard something going whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I got the best, I got the good report. Good. They told me I had good blood flow and there wasn't nothing to worry about. And I can be kicking in the crowing if the good Lord is willing for a few more years. That's and I fantastic. And I just wanted to put that out my Gamecock fans and my Crimson fans and my Crimson friends and all. Thanks for your prayers, but old Gamecock Larry got a good report and I am happy. I am happy. I can sleep good tonight. And don't tell old Dabo, don't worry about Tyler from uh, Spartanburg. Hmm. He's going to have to take old Gamecock Larry's call from Swansea. <laughs> I call Dabo. I got his number. Call Dabo. What's his uh, number? Well, Do you, can, have a good day. What's his good number? Lord what what is Dabo's number? I'd like to have that number. What's that number? 1-800-CALL-DABO. <laughs> I called, and I got through. 
All right. Hey, well, that's hey, great news. Great you news. Now you, you now you can tiger. kick you can kick a tiger's butt with either either leg. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I just want to put it. I mean, I, I I'm happy. I mean, because I was worried. Yeah, I kept shaking that right foot to make sure it wasn't going nowhere. Because <laughs> the doctor told me it was dead mm. about two months ago. But the good Lord, I mean, the man told me today, the vasculoplastic specialist down in Orangeburg, he did give me a run. They give me a Going over, all over, and they come in there and told me you got good blood flow. Excellent, thank you, Larry. Great hearing from you. Very happy for you. Good luck with that. Uh, very quickly, uh, Tiger Brian, we can hold you over, but we got about a minute before the break. Tiger Brian in Lancaster, welcome in. Hey man, I'm, I'm glad Game Cop Larry's doing good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. We all God's children, you know I me. Mean? Yes, sir. And my boys finally showed out this weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ty, hey, hey, Tiger Brown, you, hey. you talking about hollering and carrying on? Man, Lord, my wife was hollering worse than me. But uh, you gonna hold me off to the, the, the commercial? Be happy to. All right, go ahead. All right, all right. Hang on. Tiger Bryan, we'll hold him over. Then we'll come back and hear from the coaches. He must have some good stuff to share with us. Uh, We'll hear from the coaches. Let's see. Which one are we going to do first? Uh, I tell you what. I'm going to sign in my mind a number to uh, each coach. One is one. One is two. Hang on a second. Let me memorize it. Okay. Which one (laughs) you want? Give me a one or a two, Chris. Number two. Number two. That's Dabo. All right. Because to probably most, most Gamecock fans, sense. he is a number two. Hello. <laughs> well, that makes sense. He, he probably deserves to go first. You didn't like that one either, Pat? You played. didn't get that one? Dabo's a number two to Gamecock fans. He'll Got go first. <laughs> and we'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back. It is Sports Talk. It's a Talking Tuesday brought to you by Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel, Gavin as well is in the house. I will attempt your last name when I practice it further. Can you handle it? Can you handle it, Pat? No, I was going to turn on his mic and let him say something. Introduce yourself to the world. No, no, Gavin. I'm Gavin Carnaggio. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Did I nail it? Yeah. Okay. It's not that hard if you look at it and, and study it a little bit. It's like cornblute. I mean, it's like people see that name and they're like, oh, how do you say that? It's got too many letters. It's got a weird start to it, you know. Bergen. Bergen's kind of an easy, easy name to say. You'd be amazed how many people (laughs) mispronounce my last name. Now, the funny thing is. Yeah, really. So, Pat Daniel here, right? So, I played golf one time at a a USC outing, and they had a a person there working at USC, and his name was, now, I got Patrick Daniel. His name was Daniel Patrick. 
So my, my his name was Daniel Patrick, and he he worked over at USC. And I said, wait a minute, now I I got a a Pat Daniel who works with us. His name was Daniel, but I could remember that Daniel Patrick. That yep. just flipped it around. Well, that's where I got my name from. I mean, it's Patrick Daniel is my actual name, but on the show I like to go by Pat Daniel. Because my favorite broadcaster growing up was always Dan Patrick. His full name is Daniel Patrick. But same thing. But he abbreviated Daniel to Dan and became Dan Patrick, and I'm the opposite. So I'm, instead of Patrick Daniel, Pat Daniel. So you obviously didn't grow up listening to sports talk. No. As a child. You were denied that golden opportunity. Okay. All right. Uh, 888-898-2525. Dabo Sweeney by lottery is uh, coming up next. And let's see, before we go back to Tiger Bryant, was there anything else I wanted to mention here real quick? Uh, Benedict, uh, number one in Division Two Super Region Two rankings. They'll play Albany State in the SIAC Championship on Saturday, and then the D2 playoff pairings will come out on Sunday. Okay? So they're trying to go 11-0 once again. Back to Tiger Bryant. Uh Tiger Brian, welcome back in. Uh, finish up what you were talking about, please. Well, I'll tell you what. I I, I like uh, Shipley. Don't get me wrong. But Moffitt's the best running back we got. You know what I mean? Mm. But, but you know what? Yeah, that's talking about your name and all. Your menus. Uh, mm. I forget why I used to call you back then 25 years ago. What'd you yeah. call me? What'd you call me? Uh, well, it wasn't uh, uh, Corn Blue. <laughs> <laughs> it was Gamecock. You can say blue. it. You can say, Go ahead. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. It was feelings. Gamecock Blue. Back, to, back today, you was a Gamecock man. I was? Me and you, yeah, me and you used to have a day. When did I we flip? When did I huh? flip? When did I flip? After a... Uh, uh, no ball coach. <laughs> okay. But he left. Now he was tired. You know I mean? well, yeah. nah, nah. But you know what? It was all fun. It you was. know what I mean? Always yeah, fun. Hey. Always fun. But, Jay, I, 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 really, I'm thankful. I pray for uh, Gamecock Larry every day while I, I lay down and go to sleep. You know what I mean? He, yeah. Yeah. He's a warrior, well, man. I, I tell you, him. more ways than one, he's a warrior. Yep. Hey, hey, and you know what? Hey, I thank God for y'all. Because you know what? Y'all give me, you know, I can listen to it or not call in or whatever, but I listen to it. It makes my night. You know what I mean? Well, we appreciate that. And you make our night whenever you call, Tiger Brian. All right. Y'all have a good night. Yep. God bless y'all. You too. You too, man. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's see. Can we squeeze in one more before you want to take one more here before we go to Dabo? You want to do him afterwards? Uh, we can do the call real quick and then we can go to, uh, Dabo and then we'll have some recruiting and then, uh, our last goodbye with Carrie Tharp and then Shane Beamer coming up here on sports talk on a talking Tuesday phone number, triple eight, eight, nine, eight, two, five, two, five. So coastal's next game is. You're off until next week in the tournament? No, men's basketball, yes. Yeah. They do not play again. They were trying to schedule during the uh, preseason. They were hoping to have a game, I think, probably Sunday or maybe Monday of next week, something in between the Piedmont game last night and Wichita State next Thursday. But for whatever reason, that did not work out. So 
they will practice. According to Coach, they were going to practice up through Friday and then have uh, the weekend off and then get back to work, um, I guess, Monday of next week to uh, get ready for the Myrtle Beach Invitational. That uh, tournament in Myrtle Beach looks like a lot of fun with uh, Coastal and Charleston and Furman in it. It's and, a stacked field. It really is. And and then you got the tournament in Charleston, which has no state teams in it this year, but it's got a good field as well. So that's that's kind of fun for the state. I really think, and I said last night, I don't think you were – maybe you were at the beginning. I mean, we're starting – in my opinion, we start the college basketball season too early. We play too many meaningless blowout games. You know, if I was running college athletics, I would not start college basketball. Really, we could wait to the weekend of Thanksgiving and have a bunch of tournaments that weekend all over the mm-hmm. country. Have these tournaments like you got in Myrtle Beach and Charleston. Have those all over the country. Let everybody get a game or two in for that weekend and then get into a, a regular schedule that follows the end of football season. Don't have such an overlap. And I know, see, I know, I've never heard you ever complain about the NBA schedule and meaningless games in November, December, January, February, and March and the overlap that it has with the NFL. Well, are able I mean, to watch both the Packers the, and the Celtics without a problem. Yeah, but you don't get emotional about the NBA until April. I mean, really. You know, my juices <laughs> so, don't start flowing until April. So six months of meaningless basketball Pretty much. in the NBA. There's two, to me, in an NBA season, for me, there's two meaningful games when the Celtics host the Lakers and when they play at the Lakers. The other 80 games, you know, fine. And then just get me to the playoffs. All right, let's go to Ken. Phil, real quick, before before you do, though, just you talked about the Charleston but didn't actually mention some of the teams. We might not have the local teams we've had in years past, but that Rick Pitino-led St. John's team Mm -hmm. will be there. So that should be fun to watch. you got LSU, a big program. Houston, who's a top-10 team in the Mm -hmm. country. Utah, who's always pretty competitive. And then for B.J. Mackey fans out there, Wake Forest, B.J. is still a a top assistant there. Um, So there there is a number of teams that I think is well worth going out there and checking out. Pretty good good amount of teams. Good field. Uh, Ken in Lancaster uh, says he's Ken with Tiger Bryan. This should be fun. Uh, Ken, welcome in. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is my first time calling in. Oh, great. It's great so, to have you. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been telling me, we're good buddies, but in this competition. But that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's all about fun and games. I mean. Are you but, from the Gamecock side of the family? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm about 100%. So, and he's Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. We have a rival. Yeah. But buddies we're good buddies y'all, and, uh, y'all looking yeah. forward to two weeks uh i guess well uh, three weeks basically i guess two and a half weeks from now oh yeah we we pulled it out last year how are you how are you feeling right now today based on everything you've seen how are you feeling about that game right now today 50 50 it depends on uh rattler Depends on how he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if he shows up and he's ready to play, he, he he's good. But then again, I mean, you know, he has off day. He he's he might not be good. So, he doesn't have off but, days, to be honest with you. He has not really had. I mean, especially at home, he doesn't have off days. No, I mean, actually, his numbers are good. Mm-hmm. His numbers are good. Yeah, but he just got to have some protection. Yeah, and uh, so. Hopefully, Clemson has a bad day. It's possible. Look, when, when they turn it over to the Gamecocks, the Gamecocks usually win. That's been the history. Right. Yep. And that's what I'm hoping. 
Well, Ken, thank you, ver- thank, thank you very much for the phone call. It's great hearing from you. Keep in touch with us. Mr. Brian Henson. This is for Mr. Brian Henson. <laughs> I didn't know Tiger Brian had a last name. All right. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate that. was good. That was a good uh, cock crow there. It's pretty good. And a good debut yeah. on the show. All right, uh, let's go to our, our, our coaches. It's a Talking Tuesday by Lottery. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is first up, and we pick him up talking about the opponent coming up on Saturday. That would be Georgia Tech. A team that, that is really playing with a lot of confidence. They, uh, uh, I guess they're three out of their last four, you know, made a change at D coordinator. Ironically, he played for me at Alabama. He was a walk-on tight end for me, Big Kev. Uh, known him for a long, long time. Um, and um, but they're 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 doing a lot of good things, man. I think Brent's done a great job, really instilling a lot of toughness in that team. Uh, they, not just that, but a lot of belief. You know, you don't win a game like they won at my at uh, Miami without a team that's just you know fighting to the end. And uh, you know. That's exactly what happened and, and uh, made a couple key plays down the stretch to win that one. Um, offensively, they are scoring a bunch of points. They're very balanced. I think they're, they're doing a great job, creative in what they do, um, getting the ball to their playmakers. I mean, they've got, uh, you know, uh, three, three receivers that really jump out at you, and, and, you know, 12 is a punt returner for them as well. He's, he's averaging a bunch of yards in the return game, but – you know, eight, thirteen. Those guys, they're, they're, it's going through them. Number eleven uh, is a is a really good player. Uh, four, but everything starts with the quarterback. I mean, he is uh, he's a he's averaging uh, seven point two a carry, and you know the quarterback run game has been a real problem. Uh, looks very similar to Duke. Uh, if, you know, from a, a a explosive standpoint with the quarterback, he's made a lot of big plays, a bunch of big plays. Uh, North Carolina game was crazy uh, to, to watch that, you know, both sides uh, to see how that game kind of played out. But uh, he's made a ton of plays, whether it be scrambles, you know, quarterback counter, uh, power read, you know, a lot of different things that he's done. He's, and, then, and then they've made a huge a bunch of big plays downfield. Uh, I think 13, he's, he's averaging, you know, 17 yards of reception. Uh, he's really, really fast. Uh, you know, he, he, he can, he can run by you and, you know, so he can double move you as well. So he's got, he's got a, he's got a quick start to him, but just very impressed with, with, uh, you know, who they are and what they've been able to do in the last three games in particular. Uh, they've averaged 300 yards rushing a game in the last three games. So that'll get your attention, uh, quick. Uh, so big challenge for our defense, um, not just in stopping, you know, their personnel, but, schematically they do some good stuff you know with their motions and their shifts um and they trying to you know create some some soft edges and get the ball in space to their playmakers and create some explosives off of that uh so a really good group and the same thing over on the defensive side you know some of these guys that we, we we've seen uh and, and have some familiarity with them but man they're playing hard they're playing hard uh, they got a couple guys that, that that are twitchy coming off the edge um they're, you know, they do a good job of mixing their coverages up. I don't think you can really, truly predict uh, exactly what you're going to get. Uh, so you got to do a nice job of, of, uh, you know, decision making and processing things against these guys. And then special teams—they've blocked three kicks this year, lead the nation 
uh, in that. And uh, and then their punt return uh, game has been really good as well uh, with that number 12. So this is a team that, that, has, that has found ways to win games. And, you know, they are really uh, playing well as a team. They're playing with a lot of heart, toughness, and belief. And I think that's a, a reflection of, of the job that the coaches are doing. Um, and, uh, and again, this quarterback, he's, he's, really, he's really brought a lot of life to him. So it's a, it's a, bit, a big challenge for us. It's Clemson, Georgia Tech. It's always a, it's always a big game. And uh, look forward to the to the uh, matchup on Saturday. Do you have any injury updates relative to Will Shipley? I see him on the depth chart or, or other. Yeah, Will, Will he was able to go in green yesterday, so he's trending uh, back. So we we unless we have some type of setback or something, we we do expect him to to get back. Uh, you know, his head and all that's good. It's just been more a little bit, just making sure you know his neck and everything is where it needs to be. But he's. Uh, he looked good last night, so we'll we'll see where he is today. You know, big day to, today and tomorrow, uh, being pads both days, and and see how he responds to that. Others uh, close who, who had a miss last week. Anyone else that's on the verge of getting back in who had a miss last week? We got so many guys out. You give me give me a name. Uh, he's out. Uh, good chance we get him back. Sheridan. He's out. <laughs> we're down to 18 days. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're down to days. Uh, Will probably coming back in Phil's game. How um, carry-wise, split-wise, anything changed in that? Yeah, well, I think, I think based on, you know, it's just, I mean, anytime you have multiple good players, uh, somebody gets the hot hand. That's kind of how it always is. And, and obviously Phil got hot last week. And, we 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 gonna make sure he stays has has a chance to stay hot, you know. And uh, but we don't get amnesia now. Uh, everybody gets amnesia quick around here. Uh, you, you know we we we've won a lot of games because of Will Shipley, and he'll remind you quick. Uh, he'll make you remember. Oh yeah, that's why we like Will Shipley. Uh, so uh, we're 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 excited to have hopefully get him back. But uh, you know Phil definitely you know with what he did earned an opportunity to to go see if he can stay hot, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but both those guys, uh, major weapons, and have been. Both have had big plays, and and um, you'll 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 be reminded quickly uh, of why you why you like Shipley too. It's almost it will have almost been like two seasons since you played them, since you opened with them last year. Different head coach and all that. How different do they look offensively with what King has been able to do? Uh. Pretty different. I mean, actually, very different. They look very confident, and and then again, just quarterback plays. Just, just. I mean, they, this kid is this kid's playing at a high level for him, and um, he's a coach's son. I actually met his dad. I spoke at the AFCA convention um, this year, first time, and and his dad was being honored um, for for something, and um, I had a chance to visit. I've actually met him backstage. And he was talking. I didn't even know his son was at Georgia Tech, and. Uh, he was telling me about him, and so um, you know, coach's son. His kid's a baller. He's tough. He's a tough, tough, heady kid. Um, very different. Um, again, they're they're well coordinated on on the offensive side. They're playing together up front. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of missed assignments, and then they're just you know smart in what they're doing. You know, using their how they're trying to use their personnel to to give themselves a, a chance to be successful and, and it's created a lot of balance for him and the quarterback he's he's created a ton of balance and you know, they're 200 200 that's hard to do that's really hard to do 
in today's football really, really hard. And so it's impressive. And very seldom, I mean, there, there's a there's some type of motion shift, you know, bunch uh, type of deal pretty much every single snap. Uh, so got to do a great job of recognition, communication, applying your calls, adjusting your calls, uh, you know, based on what you see. But uh, when you when you break all the window dressing down, I mean, they they they're committed to what they do. You know, when it comes to the run game, the stretch and the counter uh, and all the quarterback run game that comes with it. Million screens, ton of screens. You give them any you give them any little patch of grass, they take it, uh, whether it be a, a, an RPO or, or a screen or something. And they get the ball on the edge. A lot of a lot of jets uh, to that number eight. So they've just done a nice job, uh, I think, coordinating it and uh, utilizing their personnel to the to the best of their ability and they're just they've they've grown their confidence you know throughout the season but it definitely starts with this quarterback i mean he's a he's a good football player tough kid it kind of sounds maybe common sense but how important was a win for this team right now how how have you seen the effect of it already and, and why was that so important and so vital for you guys right now well i mean i mean obviously we we had some really tough losses. I mean, we just um, hadn't been able to finish, you know, with overtime and one score game and double overtime. And we've had, it's been tough, tough losses and close, you know. So it's good for them to be able to finish one and, and uh, certainly, you know, helps their confidence. And, and not only that, you beat a really good team and, and probably the least available personnel we've had all year. So I just think it gives them a lot of confidence. Um, you know, and and it's just good for them to, because um, they've worked hard and they've competed their tails off all year. So for them to be able to taste a little success, a little little fruit of their labor there was certainly certainly not a bad thing. But you know, hey, got to move on every week. It's a, it's this is all that goes away quick. Go out there and lay an egg this week. Uh, so we gotta we gotta have that same mindset and just create consistency in our performance. Um, in some areas, some areas have been really good, and some others have been a little too inconsistent. Uh, and then certainly, say it every week, but uh, the ball security part has been the Achilles' heel for us. Uh, so, best thing we can do to remedy that is go get a bunch of them, right? <laughs> give, give us a little bit of money in the bank, uh, and that, that's that's what happened last week. You mentioned winning matchups in this game against Georgia Tech. The physicality that you guys played with on Saturday against Notre Dame, how much of a point of pride has that been for you all in recent days? Well, it's, uh, really, that game in particular, because I thought they kicked our teeth in last year, and uh, we, we didn't we didn't respond. I mean, they were just more physical. Uh, they were more ready to play. And, um, you know, I love the fight. The guys compete, they, and we've competed every game. We've, that's the one thing I can say. This team has been physical every single week. We've competed every single week. We've been in position to win every single week. That that has been a that has been one consistent thing that I will say about this team. Um, you know, we have especially defensively. I mean, they, this is it's a really good group, man. And we've been in position to win every single week, and it's and it, and it's because of you know. They've played hard. They've played tough. They've played physical. There, there's not been a week where, where now have we executed as well as we needed to? No, but certainly the ball security has been a problem. But physicality has not been one, and that's that's a that's something that's incredibly encouraging um, as we as we kind of you know um, 
head head to where we want to get to. Uh, it starts there, you know, physicality, toughness, uh, you know, playing in, in the, the way you got to play the game uh, in this game of football. And I've seen that every single week. And then last week, you know, it was great to see them be able to, to finish it. Um, really, really tough physical football game, hard game to get ready for. Um, really tough game as far as what they do, especially defensively with the personnel that they had. So I was, I was really proud of our guys on, on both sides of the ball to, you know, and that's what it takes, that type of mindset every single week. And, and then you got to create consistency in your performance from an execution standpoint. And that starts with consistency in your preparation. Comments of Dabo Sweeney from earlier today. We'll hear from Shane Beamer uh, coming up shortly. And recruiting in just a moment, of course. Tonight they've released the latest college football playoff ranking, Ohio State is number one, followed by Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington. That's your top five. Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Penn State complete the top ten. Now to recruiting, brought to you by Seawells, the daily luncheon buffet for you. Every day, Monday through Friday, though not this Thursday, private party this Thursday, so don't head out there Thursday, but every other day this week, it's good, 11 Till two for only $14. They have a great menu, including, of course, this week a roast beef Friday for you. And if you need the very best in the catering business, just give Seawells a call at 803 771 7385 online at Seawells Catering SC.com. Just a few notes USC running back target Daniel Hill has set January 6th for his announcement date during the All American Game telecast on. NBC. Remember that jingle? Anybody remember that jingle? I do. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Tennessee and Alabama, the other finalists. USC tonight offered 2025 defensive tackle Asaya Allen Hammond, 6'6, 275, Baltimore. Also has offers from Boston College, James Madison, Virginia Tech, Kent State, and Charlotte. 2025 wide receiver Boykin Bickley. 165 Dutch Fork, who's also a baseball prospect, plans to visit USC Saturday. He also was in for last week's game. So maybe there is some interest developing there. 2025 defensive tackle Sterling Sanders, 6'5", 300, plans to visit USC on Saturday. He was at Liberty last weekend. And he's out of um, Blythewood, by the way. He's out of Blythewood. And 2026 defensive end Ahmad Scott, 6'3", 210 of Greenwood, also plans to visit USC on Saturday. That is what we have for you in recruiting as we pass along what we're seeing on social media from some of these guys announcing their plans for this weekend. There'll be others releasing information along those lines for USC and Clemson in the days to come, and we'll share that with you as we see it. After the break, Kerry Tharp, one final lap. On Sports Talk. Coming up. The white flag lap, huh? And then the checkered. And then the red flag. It's all over. Be right back.
Okay, time to visit once again with the president of Darlington Raceway, Kerry Tharp. Our final lap together here on Sports Talk, the white flag, the checkered flag, with a yellow flag and maybe even a red flag by the time we're done. As we've wrapped up the racing season for 2023, Ryan Blaney is your champion. KT, welcome in, my friend. How are you? Uh, it's great to be on, Phil. I think you and I were both pulling for Blaney and uh, glad to see him get that win. And uh, I think he's going to be a just a great uh, cup champion and uh, really happy to see him uh, uh, get the uh, checkered flag on Sunday at Phoenix. The way the race played out, of course, one of the contestants, Bell, fell out, fell out with the wreck. Uh, but you did have the other three running in the top five rest of the wave uh, for the most part and uh but they they couldn't catch up i mean blaney got out ahead of the other two and they they really could not reel him in no they really couldn't and uh you know i i think ross chastain obviously was was uh also the wild card there because he was he was winning the race and i think blaney was getting a little frustrated there for a while but i think once that frustration subsided i think he really focused on the big prize. I was, I was thinking maybe Blaney was going to use his equipment up uh, trying to get past Chastain, but as long as he stayed ahead of Larson, uh, Byron, and then Christopher Bell, he was going to win the championship. So uh, it, it was kind of interesting to see. I think Blaney got, uh, got a little ticked off at, at uh, uh, mm-hmm. Chastain a few times, kind of gave him the peace sign there a few times on TV. But uh, I, I thought that uh, that Blaney ran a smart race, particularly the last fifty to sixty laps, and 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 Larson and and Byron just didn't have anything for him, like you said. And Kerry, this is where I've always thought it's interesting in NASCAR, in particular in the playoffs, because in no other sport do you have like in the NFL when two teams are on the field, they both can win and advance to the next round. You've got con- contestants on the racetrack that have no shot to win a title out there, including Ross Chastain. And this is where I've always found it interesting in a Chevy. Wouldn't it have made sense for him to try and prevent Blaney from getting in front of him and possibly helping out Kyle Larson and or William Byron behind him? Yeah, and I, and I think he was kind of doing that, Chris. I mean, mm-hmm. he made it almost impossible for, for Blaney to get up there. And I think, you know, we always said Ryan Newman was a, was a guy that was, was made it difficult to pass. But I think Chastain is making it difficult to pass uh, for, for, for Blaney. And so I think he was doing everything he could. Now, whether or not he could have, uh, you know, let Blaney get up to him a little bit and then tried to, you know, maybe move him or something. I, I don't know, but uh, I think that, that, uh, that the way that they were running, but running that, that Chastain was doing everything he could, I think, obviously to win the race. He wanted, he wanted right. to win the race and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, and so uh, I think that now if Larson had got up there and it had been a little bit more, you know, give and take between the, 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 the leaders up there. You might have seen Chastain uh, kind of lend a helping hand. But I tell you, uh, Chris and Phil, when you get to this point of the season and when it's a championship and you're inside 50 laps, uh, I'm not so sure if they see if you're a Chevrolet or if you're driving a Ford. They want that checkered flag. <laughs> and and so uh, – but I thought it was a very clean race. Uh, unlike the race Friday night, the truck race was mm. – uh, was wild and uh 
But uh, I thought it was a very clean race. I thought Chastain raced hard and and uh, got got the win. It was a big win for him, and and certainly, you know, Ryan Blaney getting the uh, getting the victory. And all three uh, uh, national series were won by Ford. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, and the Hendrick Motorsports Camp had two people in the in the uh, in the finals and, and and wasn't able to to come up with the with the win, but. Uh, uh, I thought I thought Blaney did a heck of a job. Gary, the list of things that Roger Penske has not accomplished in motorsports is extremely, extremely small. I mean, the guy has done virtually everything. Mm-hmm. Now he finally gets a back-to-back championship with Joey Logano last mm-hmm. year and Ryan Blaney this year. Uh, that feather on his cap, where do you think that ranks for him, back-to-back NASCAR Cup Series titles in, in terms of his illustrious resume? Where, where do you think Roger Penske views that accomplishment? I think it's got to be right up there at the top. I mean, I think he's also won, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 16 Indy 500s, uh, which is just amazing. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been up to the race shop there, and uh, it's uh, uh, amazing all of the trophies and the hardware that they have up there from uh, all all disciplines of, of motorsports. But uh, I'd have to say that that back-to-back is, is something that – that Roger is going to to be very very proud of and and, and certainly relish and you know uh, uh, Ryan Blaney won that Coca Cola 600 uh, this year and, uh, and the name escapes me but Roger's guy won the Indy 500 this year too so uh, on the same day and so that's that's pretty that's pretty tall cotton there for for him to to be able to to celebrate and 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 win such a, a you know illustrious races and, and championships like that. Uh, I think uh, certainly cements him as, you know, I, I, in, my, in my mind, I know Rick Hendrick has been the the man in, in NASCAR, but I think if you look across all motorsports, Roger Penske is, uh, is right at the top. Agreed. All right, KT, in your capacity as president of Darlington, your last visit with us here on Sports Talk, I want to say, speaking for all of us, that we love you, man. We yep. love you. You have been so good to us over the years. Not well, only is your position with NASCAR, your position with South Carolina. So we thank you. Um, we wish you and Debbie and your family uh, all the best as you get together with everybody and relax on the beach or in the mountains or wherever you happen to go. But you always have a spot here with us on Sports Talk anytime you want to join us, not to talk just NASCAR, anything. But right. we, we so appreciate you. We really, really do. I hope you know that. Well, Phil, I do. And, and you know, you and Chris, uh, we go back a long ways, even, even predates NASCAR and you know, I used to tell people I've known Phil since 1985, and about 5:05 every day, I'd get a phone call on my hard line there at the SID <laughs> office, and it was corn. I knew exactly who it was, and uh, but those those are relationships that uh, I'll always cherish, and and uh, it has been a, a a pleasure and an honor to be on your program, and I want to thank you all for the way that you cover. Uh, our sport, uh, you know, not just a few weeks leading up to the event, but pretty much year round. And I don't think there's another another entity out there in 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 our sport that that does what you all do. So my hats off to you. I appreciate it. 
all the best over the holidays, and I'm sure we'll be talking again. But, uh, uh, again, thank you for for uh, being such an important part of, of Darlington and an important part of my life here over the past, uh, gosh, uh, I don't know how many years it's been, 40 maybe, yeah. 38, something like that. So uh, it's it's uh, it's been it's it's been a great experience, and you know I consider both of you all very good friends, and and uh, hopefully our paths will cross pretty soon. Absolutely, and for Carrie, one last time, you, man. one last time, let me say yes, to you as we say goodbye, Hart Turner. Anybody need Hart Turner? <laughs> Hart Turner. Hart Turner. Yeah, oh, Hart Turner. He was always there for us. Uh, you know, Joe Reeves was another one that was always available. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I tell you, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's been a lot of fun, obviously, working at Carolina and now working at, at NASCAR in Darlington. But being in the state of South Carolina, I just have loved it, and that's why we're going to stay here. I love living in the state. and and uh it's it's just considered home now and so uh you guys have always got a place here in darlington uh chris i know where you live you're mm. close by uh yes, sir. phil i'm still waiting for you to bring that pinto over for track laps <laughs> uh so uh, you know and we do have our final track laps this saturday by the way at 11 o'clock but uh anytime you guys come over to darlington you it, it, if I hear that you're in Darlington mm. and I don't hear from you guys, I'm going to be I'm not going to be a happy camper. Okay? I understand. Yes, we sir. will we will hunt you down. KT, all the best. See you soon. Thanks, KT. Okay. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. Now, thank Bye-bye. you. All right, Kerry Thorpe. So you've only going to miss. You've KT. only known Kerry about three years longer than I have. I thought it was considerably more than that. Ever I'm, since he I'm came impressed. on, ever since he replaced Sid Wilson in South Carolina, yeah, I met him. I met him eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, so. yeah. So we, we go a long way back with KT. And that old number, I still remember that number eight zero three seven 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 five two zero four. I believe was the number into his. Well, it was real simple at, on campus at USC seven seven seven. You could get somebody. Yep. <laughs> you just had to dial four more numbers. And Tim Beret's number <laughs> up at Clemson was uh, eight. Uh, well, they went to eight six four eight six four six five six. Seventeen, uh, eight, six five six was the number at Clemson for all their offices uh, in the athletic department. Right, and maybe on campus. I don't know. Six five six was that a common number? I just know for the athletic department it was um, six five six. Oh, I'm sure Ross Taylor is twenty eighty one. I think it was six five six twenty eighty one. Apologies to whomever has that phone I was number. Now. Say, I'm sure Ross Taylor. Well, is these thrilled. numbers don't work anymore, do they? The they? They don't work anymore. I don't think. Uh, Shane Beamer coming up after the break. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code B. BB5. Don't wait. Order today.
We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, it's the fall in South Carolina. That means it's deer season. What do people need to know about? That's right, Phil. It is deer season. We always want to remind hunters to identify your target. Know the identifying features of the game you're hunting. Make sure that it's a deer before you take that shot. When walking to and from your stand in low light, use a flashlight so that no one will mistake you for a deer. For more information on hunting safety and more information on deer season, listen to our show on Wednesday nights on the Sports Talk Media Network. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long term care costs. Visit lawyerlisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Okay, let's get right to Shane Beamer. Some of his comments from his press conference today at USC, looking ahead to the game with Vanderbilt coming up Saturday. Got a big challenge coming in with uh with Vanderbilt you know they're a team very much like us last year they're very opportunistic on defense they are second in the SEC in takeaways right now so only one team in this conference has forced more turnovers than they have uh but their offensive offensively they've turned the ball over a lot and that's kind of been the story of every game for them they've been in essentially every game uh had Georgia down seven nothing early 
Uh, you watch them against Auburn last week. You know, Auburn really didn't do much offensively against them except for two big runs they had for touchdowns in the first half. So this is a team that, you know, is a, is a challenge because of how opportunistic they are on defense. And then they have weapons. I have a ton of respect for Clark and the way that he continues to elevate his program. I remember last year uh, after we beat them up in Nashville, uh, they went on and beat Kentucky and Lexington and then beat Florida the week after we lost to Florida. So they, uh, um, we know that they'll, we'll get their best shot on Saturday. He's doing a great job with this program, continuing to elevate it. They're playing hard. You see the emotion they play with on the field and on the sidelines also, and it's very evident that his players have bought into what uh, he and his staff are doing, and it'll be a big challenge for us. One thing that stands out with them is just the, the size they pre- prevent or present, you know, they're playing multiple quarterbacks, one of which is six foot seven, 235 pounds as a quarterback. So he's a load to bring down in the run game. Uh, they got skill players at the receiver position with size. And then you just look at their defense. They have a defensive tackle that's six foot seven, 305. Their defensive ends are six five, two eighty, and six six, two forty. They have a linebacker that's six three, two fifty. They have a corner that's two hundred twenty seven pounds, and they have a, their safety is six foot four, two hundred and seventeen pounds. So they present a lot of problems, and we'll have to play uh, very well, without a doubt. Uh, injury wise for us, Trey Jones will be out. He will not play this week. Uh, to carry on, Joiner uh, will be out this week. Uh, hopefully we'll get him back soon. And uh, Trey Knox, I would say, is questionable for this week. He did a little bit out there at practice today. And hopefully he will uh, be okay and ready to go uh, also. Certainly want to thank our fans again for the environment they created on Saturday. I mentioned it in the teleconference on Sunday night, but had a uh, one of the top players in the entire country for next year that was in my office at 9 a.m. Sunday morning. That was here for a uh, unofficial visit. I uh, was at the game on Saturday, and I said, what stood out to you about the game yesterday? And he said, the atmosphere and the environment. It was awesome. And this is a guy that was here two years ago for our Florida game when we beat him in November at night. And he was here last year for the Georgia game. So he's been to other South Carolina home games. And he uh, he brought up the atmosphere. I know a noon kickoff isn't always easy because people are having to travel from different places and things like that as well. Uh, but it was an awesome environment. I want to thank our fans uh, for that. And then uh, going back to what I said after the game on Saturday, we are always going to celebrate wins here, guys. And we put a lot of work into Saturdays. And we only get 12 of them. And some of them are really big and convincing and we play great. And some of them are ugly as heck and we don't play great. But at the end of the day, we won the football game. And then we are going to celebrate that, which is what we did. And it is still okay to be happy and celebrate a win, but be disappointed in how you played and be critical of how we played. I walked out of that press conference with you guys on Saturday afternoon and I hadn't been three feet in the hallway and I'm catching heck from my own family about the fake punt and how dumb they thought that was. So it's okay to be critical. Uh, And that's the point that I was trying to make, but I don't think it's okay to be unhappy and miserable after a win. Players or coaches or fans. Uh, We have the greatest fans in America. And... If they walked out of that stadium on Saturday uh, critical of me, that's okay. I deserved it. Disappointed in how we played and didn't look great, 
absolutely, they're exactly right. But I would hope that if you're a Gamecock fan, that you didn't walk out of that stadium miserable and unhappy because we won the football game. And that was the point that I was trying to make. We get seven Saturdays. I think we had seven home games this year, right? Yeah, seven home games. That's it. So Gamecock Nation, um, you get to come together in Columbia, South Carolina, seven Saturdays a year, family, friends, everybody together. It was a beautiful Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina, an awesome day in Williams-Brice Stadium for Gamecock Nation to come together. And don't take that for granted. And when you got back in your car and I, got, and I drove home, it's okay to be disappointed in the way that we performed and coached because I was when I drove four and a half miles from the stadium to my house. Or somebody drove back home to Rock Hill or Greenwood or Spartanburg or Greenville or Charleston or Myrtle Beach or Augusta or Aiken, wherever they came from, and be disappointed in the product in the, on the field. We deserve that because it was not good enough, and we came in here on Sunday as a team. And we're very clear about that. Me to the coaches, that it was unacceptable, and me to our players as well, that if we play like we did last Saturday, we will not win this week. And we will not win next week, and we will not win the week after. We need to be better, and that was very evident to me, and that starts with me as the head coach. But I would hope that nobody walked out of that stadium just unhappy. The, as ugly as it might have been, the Gamecocks won the football game Saturday, guys. And there's a lot of teams across the country that did not win their football game on Saturday, and that was the point I was trying to make. And if we won on a beautiful Saturday afternoon and you were unhappy and miserable, then – you probably do need to find some joy and and celebrate wins a little bit more as well. But I'm a guy that's always going to celebrate wins. I've been a part of teams where uh, the head coach walked in the locker room after a win and absolutely blistered that team, and they didn't win a game the rest of the year. And I said that I will never do that as a head coach. Are we going to hold them accountable? Did I tell them in the locker room Saturday that we need to be a whole lot better and that we were nowhere near our best and that we got a lot to clean up? Yes, but we're also going to celebrate and never walk out of a locker room feeling like we lost the football game. And I would hope our fans, who are the greatest fans in America, walked out of Williams-Brice Stadium on Saturday. You know what? Disappointed in maybe some things that happened and how we performed and self-inflicted mistakes because I was as the head coach as well. But I was happy as heck because we won that football game. And I went home on Saturday night and had a great time with my family and, and enjoyed the victory because a lot of work went into it and then got right back up here early Sunday morning and was right back to work cleaning a lot up. And we, positive energy is a core value of this program. And I probably wasn't a lot of fun to be around on Sunday because it wasn't good enough. And I'm well aware of that. But I'm never going to go in a locker room and crush a team after a game or come in a locker room and uh, come into or whatever. We need to be better, and we will be. Uh, that's enough of that, but I hope everybody knows where I'm coming from. Passionate about what the product on the field, but also passionate about the kids in our program, young men in our program, and, and uh, they put a lot into Saturdays, and when they're successful, I want them to enjoy it. So, hmm. Beamer's data sermonized to his fans. Um, I'm still puzzled where that's coming from. I mean, I was at the game. Was there, was there booing or stuff? I, I don't know. I, was there stuff on social media that he's read that, that has set him off? I I just don't know where he's coming from uh, complaining about people complaining about the win. I haven't seen anything where fans, obviously they were disappointed in the, the outcome. I think everybody believed they would win by a bigger margin, and the performance on the field wasn't that good. But when you're a fan of a now 3-16, and 16, you're never going to complain about a win. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm puzzled over that. Something uh, he saw, read, or heard. Uh, 
you know, set him off about it. And that's, that's twice he did it after the game. I think he did it Sunday, mm-hmm. make it three times. He did it Sunday and did it today. That'll do it. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Chris. See you tomorrow.